fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the fantasy fullback dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto street journal we are acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory fantasy championships fantasy shit talking moral high ground all the stuff that you're angling for that's what we're moral high ground right <laughs> moral high ground? come on moral high ground and fantasy it's it's important right yeah very important <laughs> i've been married for 18 years and moral high ground is the cornerstone of any functioning relationship <laughs> your face it just reeks of everything opposite of moral high ground truth i'm sorry <laughs> your right. gronk-esque face <laughs> well one of the things about me and my wife is and you'll learn this if you ever get married is when one of us does get the moral high ground we never keep it for very long because we're so <laughs> smug about having it anyway i digress uh, i of course am your host now the truth jones we have not been on the air together in like a week and a half, which seems like an eternity, I got to say. Doesn't but it? With, it really does. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rose Street himself. Uh, Wolf, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I know since last Sunday, so uh, – or not last Sunday, like two Sundays ago. It's been crazy. It is weird. It's nice to have a co-host back. Uh, it was a busy, crazy schedule last week, a crazy, busy schedule this week again because parent-teacher night. Uh, so the world's been flipped upside down for these last couple of weeks. It will be back to normal 7 p.m. Eastern time every single weekday next week uh, in our usual 11 a.m. tailgate, followed by the 730 tailgate. I don't know if you caught any of the uh, in the car tailgate. I saw a couple week. minutes of it. I mean, the reason that I couldn't do the show with you is because I wasn't really around. But I, I but I did check out on my phone a couple of times. I was like, oh, so that's how we're doing this thing, huh? Best of times call for desperate measures. But, you know, uh, at least you can take solace in Wolfpack that I am here. We'll all be here whenever you need it uh, to, to get those fancy football questions answered, no matter what it takes. So yeah, it, it felt it weird, but it was a great weekend. Great blast of a wedding. Shout out to Doyle Murphy, get married, college roommate. Love it. Uh, and, and now we're, we're hopefully next week, we'll find some semblance of consistency again after this whirlwind of the last couple of weeks. So before we dive in, and I know this is not our usual Thursday slot, uh, hopefully we'll still get some pretty good interaction and views before we start. Uh, give us a like, a love, uh, you know, some positive, <laughs> button smashing please uh before we get started we'd appreciate it. it helps us get out to more people uh you know the drill anyway before we get into the injuries the higher lower the hail marys all that stuff i just want to i want to take like 30 seconds to a minute and rant about my fantasy football team That's so true. i was on cruise control the first two weeks highest scoring team in the league two and oh hitting on all cylinders and, and other than cooper cup nobody even really going off but uh but man he goes off quite a bit so and I was I had not been bitten by the injury bug. Mm. Let me let me tell you how the injury bug attacked my team this week. Christian McCaffrey, T. Higgins, James White, uh, Antonio Brown, COVID, uh, Eli Mitchell, and uh, I'm forgetting somebody else. But anyway, that's anyway that's five legitimate injuries right there. Almost all of which who would have been starting. Um, even with those guys going out and I lost McCaffrey and white, not before the game. So I couldn't, so they each like played like a quarter and then yeah, they were out. Useless. I lost 
but I scored the second highest number of points in the league. Like the only guy that would have oh. been was a guy that I played against. And that's even with getting saddled with that. Let me tell you something about a one, two wide receiver combination called Cooper cup and Mike Williams. They produce points yeah. at a rapid pace. So Those thank are probably you the that. best two fantasy picks you could have made. Yeah. To right? have them both on your team. I have one team with that combination. I have them both kind of scattered throughout leagues. It's the best feeling, isn't it? Like, you know you're getting 60 points a week from those guys. It's the best feeling, and coupled with Stafford at quarterback, it's Ooh. a real, it's a really it's a nice Pig roast ball, pig roast. Yeah. There's some pig roasting, and Higby, too. So he's gotten in on the pig roast once or twice, too. Anyway, all right, that's all I've got to say about my team. King bang right there. I mean, the pig roast, that's just everything. When you get, right. get three oh, yeah. dollars. Things are great. Imagine when McCaffrey comes back. I'll oh, God, rolling. yeah, that's that's quite the squad. Did you get Chuba Hubbard? Are you, like, locked in with the backup? No, I got Cordell. I have Cordell Patterson, though, who I actually feel pretty good. He's like the RB10. Oh, yeah, we'll be talking about him later. Yeah, we're, we're big Cordell Patterson guys over here on the pod. You were shitting on me in week two. We're going to get back to that in a little bit on Cordell Patterson. Week two was, was ages ago. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Let's get down to it and let's talk about, we're going to go kind of rapid fire on these injuries, except we're going to spend maybe a little bit more time on the first one, which is James White. Schefter reported James White. We got a hip injury. He is expected to miss the remainder of the 2021 season. This is a guy who was actually doing pretty well. I mean, he was top 15 running back, catching passes out of the backfield, just like we thought he would. And then, uh, you know, one thing, bam, carted off. He's done. Yeah. Painful, painful injury for James White. Uh, 18.5% target share before going down was behind only Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. The guy was a lights out pass catcher, as you were saying, very high floor, decent ceiling. Cause he was finding the end zone too. I had him on all my teams. This one definitely is a stiff kick right into the groin. Do not yeah, appreciate it at right all. Right into the groin. Oh, uh, it's awful. But someone's gonna have to fill that void. And I don't think it's going to be an immediate, like running back steps in and sees 18% of the target share like James White. Cause he was just so savvy and dependable and a great pass protector too. I don't think we can just slot someone in for that, but it still is a staple of this offense. My guess, it's going to come down to three guys, J.J. Taylor, Brandon Bolden, or Ramondre Stevenson, because the team has outright come and said, we don't trust Damian Harrison pass protection. He's not going to, that might be the ideal fantasy situation. He just becomes a three down monster. He can catch, but the fact that he's been giving up a hurry on 25% of his pass protection attempts, that's bottom in the league. Uh, so they don't trust him and they shouldn't trust him. So now it becomes, all right, who else could fill this void? My guess would be J.J. Taylor. He seems like the most natural, like shifty, Dion lewis type of guy. He was a preseason monster. Saw two targets in his, his 10 snaps this week. So maybe he's the guy. Ramondre Steven, though, he's not the James White body by any means. Big boy, like huge. But he can pass protect. He can catch the ball. I wouldn't be shocked to see him take that role and then ultimately maybe even take some carries away from Harris and maybe even just take a three-down role at the end of it. So if I'm going for the sheer ceiling, I think Ramondre Stevenson is the Agreed. highest upside guy. I think J.J. Taylor might be the most natural fit and probably the best bet to get you something. But if you want just pure production, uh, or I mean pure upside rather, I would be going for him. And and most likely, probably just going to put in Brandon Bolden. He led the team in snaps last week. He is by far their best pass protector. If they're just trying to keep the rookie safe, he will be the guy. But let's see how they play it against the Bucs. You can't really play it safe against Tampa and have a, any expectation to win the game. 
they just might just fold away and give it to Brandon Bolden. But it's worth stashing both of those guys. I, I actually stashed both of them wherever I could to see how this plays out. That being Ramondre Steven and JJ Taylor, even if it ends up being Brandon Bolden, I, I don't want to touch it. There's going to be no upside there. But I would be stashing these guys for sure because of how invaluable that pass catching role is in this offense. Yeah, I went from feeling really, really good about myself fantasy wise to like still kind of smug and good and then terrible because the McCaffrey injury left me feeling bad. But then I was like, <laughs> I got James White stashed on my bench. He's going to be a, a he's going to be fine for like two or three weeks. I'm not going to miss out on much. And then like he was carted off the field like five minutes later. And then all of a sudden, then I got the sweats. The, the fantasy gods smelled your, they sniffed out your smugness and were like, let's yep. go. Hubris. It was hubris. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It was serious hubris there. Exactly. Right. All right. Let's keep rolling. Mm-hmm. We going back and forth? Or you want me to just hit the headlines? Let's do it. T. Higgins' shoulder is out for Week Four. Already announced ahead of time, which is kind of nice. You don't have to sweat it out till game time. Big upgrade for for Jamar Chase, who had 21 points in his first game without T. Last week, and also Tyler Boyd led the way with 13 targets. Both of them must starts against this awful Jags defense. Dalvin Cook limited in Wednesday's practice. He did not play last week. It does put him on track to return against the Browns, even though he missed the Seattle game. Uh, remember in his absence, Alexander Madison, he had 34 carries and targets in Cook's absence. He is one of the most valuable uh, backups, handcuffs in fantasy, even though last year he was terrible when he got the chance. But I mean, of course, if Cook's absent, Madison has no value at all. Yeah, or, I mean, if exactly. he's not absent, if he's if he's active. Exactly. If he's active, useless. But if he's out, top 12 running back, in my opinion, for Dalvin Cook, uh, I mean, for Alexander Madison. So keep tracking that. But he is on track to play. Daryl Henderson did participate in practice. Early participation typically means they're going to play. And I'll talk about him more in higher, lower Hail Mary. But let's just say he, I would get him right back into lineups if you have Daryl Henderson, assuming he is out there. All right. We got a pair of hamstring issues with a pair of pretty high profile receivers mm-hmm. on the Titans. Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, both didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, if they end up not playing, you know, it's all of a sudden kind of a tough look for the Tennessee wideout situation. They were already kind of shallow after those two guys. And here's the three guys that you've got uh, written down that they might be rolling out. They could roll out a three-wide set of Nick Westbrook, Ikeni, Josh Reynolds, and Chester Rogers. It's kind of rolling off your tongue, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. What a beautiful cast of weapons there. Holy crap. Westbrook and, any any of those guys you're running out to get? No, none of them. Okay. Uh, Westbrook did, did score as a Chester Rogers, uh, even still. I don't want anything to do with them. It's a low-volume pass attack. I think all this means is – Henry's seeing 35 carries. He's going to run the ball until he pukes, and he's not going to puke because he's a goddamn tank. Yeah. Next up, Eli Mitchell returned to a limited practice with Trey Sermon kind of shitting himself. Wouldn't be shocked to see Eli Mitchell actually take back over that backfield in the most beautiful of matchups, Seattle giving up the most points to running backs. We just saw what Alex Madison did to them. Any running back can do that to them. It could be Eli Mitchell as early as this week. Sticking with the 49ers, George Kittle. Not practicing Wednesday also. He's got a calf injury. It's described as, quote-unquote, soreness. Uh, But the coach does expect him to play week four against the Seahawks. We'll see if he's just blowing smoke or if he really does. If he does play, obviously, he's a tight end one. Oh, 100%. My tight end three behind only Waller and Kittle, as it really is almost every week. Uh, Chiefs. Waller and Kelsey. Waller and Kelsey, you mean. Oh, yeah, exactly. Waller and Kelsey, exactly. My bad. Reed, Andy Reed, saying it's probably not going to be this week. For Josh Gordon, that makes sense. He's got to get into game shape. I wonder what week it's going to be. Reed did say it's going to take a while. 
Are you going to take any flyers on this guy now? Are you totally <laughs> Just ask you, I was going to ask you the same question. Oh, God. I mean, how many times can we look, be made to look like dipshits before, <laughs> we, before we just say, you know what? I'm not interested. And guess what, Wolf? I'm there. I'm not interested. Oh. <laughs> I'm not interested 100%. at all. <laughs> I, 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 I'll be looking like a dipshit one more time at least. You give me Chiefs. You give me Mahomes. If there's ever no. going to be a resurrection, no. I feel like I said that about him. Here's the trifecta that you need for that. The Chiefs. Mahomes and some picture of him running where like his muscles are like sure, pulsating and flexed. And right. then you're just like, okay, I'm in. Look, look at his pecs. The first thing I Googled <laughs> as soon as I heard the news was, is Josh Gordon in shape? Just Google that. Cause then you'll be like, Oh, okay. I'm back right. in. So <laughs> then, then I'll be spending a lot of my fab on him. Yeah, exactly. You'll be fabbing and fapping all at once. Seriously. This guy's made me look like a fool, like three or four times. Oh, now yeah. he won a league for me in 2014. So keep going back. Right. Whenever exactly. the hell Jason, it was, I don't remember what year it was. might've been longer ago than that. Yeah. yeah okay. 2013, nine years ago was the last time this guy did anything useful or meaningful. And yet for nine straight years, we continue to chase and I'm going to chase again because it's Mahomes and it's Josh Gordon. I'll it's kind of, it's kind of like smoking world. crack, right? Like you're right. always chasing that first high. Right. And you know what you're getting into and you just kind of like it anyways. It's like life's right. too short right. to not right. smoke crack. No, this crack's bad for me, but it's kind <laughs> exactly. of fun. All right. Anyway. I, I this though. The only thing I know we're getting long on him, but it's I would okay. just say I wouldn't blow a ton of money. As somebody in my Holy Cross League just blew $40 to pick him up. I, you, no, That's I got insane. him for free. I picked him up and stashed him for free where I could, but otherwise I'm not going to go blow a ton of my money because it is almost guaranteed to be fool's gold. There's like a 1% chance it hits. The thing is, if it hits, it's going to hit like astronomically. A lot of people saying too, like, oh, we did Russell Wilson last year. He had DK and, T- and T- Ty- Tyler Lockett ahead of him. He only has, yeah, Tyreek and Kelsey, but this is a much more higher volume pass attack. They need a wide receiver to desperately to draw attention. You see what teams are doing to Tyreek. They're like tripling him and taking him out of the game. If Gordon has anything, he's going to see single coverage, and he probably can beat single coverage of the number three corner in most situations. So there is, I think there really is a situation. I'm not like saying it just. Yeah, look, like, look at look at us right now. Look at us. We just spent two minutes talking about this guy. You can't. He just absorbs us. He's a magnet. We can't stop it. <laughs> Let's move on before I keep right. going. Giovanni Bernard not practicing on Wednesday. He's got a knee issue. They say it's a slight MCL sprain. He's considered day-to-day. It's not like a huge shock that he's being held out of practice earlier in the week. Um, We'll see what happens on Friday. We'll probably know more then. He actually was, like for the first time, a pretty big part of the passing offense in week three. He gets 10 targets in their loss to the Rams. I'm assuming a lot of that was game script. Uh, The Bucs are not used to necessarily being behind and having to pass. But – they were, and the situation called for it, and we did see the upside of Geo. Yeah, I think this would have been a week where you wouldn't want to use him because I don't see this being a week they're going to need to pass to a running back anyways. But ultimately, it was going to be, uh, you know, uh, if he's out, this is the only really thing that matters about it, is Leonard Fournette would have been uh, seeing a ton of work. So ultimately, um, I'm not a big fan of Geo Bernard. It's more so does Fournette become that much more usable should he sit – Gronkowski also not practicing, but he's expected to go. You know he's going to suit up against his old team, as is Antonio Brown. He's going to be activated from the injured reserve COVID list. Both those guys, I think, have to be in lineups. Much more Gronk. I think he's going to go for the touchdown record. Antonio Brown, though, in my top 27 receivers. I think he's 26 right now. So he should be playable uh, in most situations as well. I'm hesitant with Brown coming off. COVID I saw with so many NBA players when they would come back from COVID and they're okay. Like there was 
definitely lingering stuff. So we'll see. Um, it's complete speculation. Uh, because I'm so decimated by injuries, I may start the guy anyway, but I don't love him this week, even though generally I love him. I think it's a really fair point given how Cam, not even just NBA players, plenty of NFL players just weren't the same the rest of the year after having it last year. So that's a really good point, Nat. I absolutely agree. Will we Fuller. Julio. We can cock- no, we got to talk about Will Fuller. Will Fuller. Ugh. And this is my favorite, favorite, uh, you know, reason. Like we'll see like so-and-so knee, so-and-so calf, Will Fuller, undisclosed. <laughs> Missed Wednesday's practice with an injury. It could be anything. What could it be? What a mystery box. What a fun thing. Because with Will Fuller, it could be his whole body. Yeah. Just, just a reminder of how fucking annoying Will Fuller Talk is. Talk about guys I'm glad I don't have any sock in. None. <laughs> Man, I have no interest. In I, have no, I had no interest. I'm so happy I don't. This one's not an injury, but I just a quick note that popped up, and I had to get it on there because it turns me on, is DeAndre Swift. They plan on increasing his looks this coming week, uh, Dan Campbell saying you're going to see him a lot more. He can easily be out there on the first play. That quote makes no sense to me. But the fact that they're going to play him more, he's done enough to earn more volume. I, is he really not playing on the first play anyways? Is that really that big of an achievement? I don't know. I guess he hasn't been. But either way, if they start him and just roll him, he's already been the running back six or higher in two of his three weeks. No lower than running back 20. Running back three in points per game right now. I mean, and now he's going to get more work. Love everything about – remember now I projected this guy for like 100 catches and we were both like, wait, that's way too high. What was I thinking? Yeah. I might have been too low on him yeah. at that point. You know, it he's was, killing it. It wasn't crazy. You're right. Yeah, it was, crazy. It wasn't crazy. Uh, go ahead. Players returning from IR this week. We got Curtis Samuel, 35% rostered. Worth seeing what he does. I would definitely be sprinting out – all right, running at a light jog to go get this guy. Sprint might have been aggressive. But definitely they, they have nobody besides – Curtis Sam, I mean, uh, besides Terry McLaurin, a little bit of Logan Thomas, but you know, McKissick, they're clearly not sold on this year. I think Curtis Sanders could come right in, see eight to 10 targets on a weekly basis as a great player. And then Bateman as well, an offense that, you know, Sammy Watkins has seen 25% of the targets in three straight weeks. I don't think they want that to be the case. I think they want someone else to set up because Watkins has done nothing on that high target share. I think Bateman could easily as early as he probably won't play this week, but by week five, become that move the chain weapon they've been missing for so long for Lamar Jackson. Really think you could have a big, meaningful impact that only 14% rostered right now would be, would be really looking to get either of these guys. I ran out and picked up Bateman for nothing. I was happy to get him. I mean, do you see Hollywood drop like two touchdown passes last week? Exactly, right? I mean, the ball hit him right in the hands. He's running them. wide open and dropping the ball. Like, it, it, So it's encouraging because the scheme is getting these receivers open. Lamar's delivering some nice balls. Hopefully Bateman can actually catch him though. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, that's that they'll have a huge edge of the competition. Can he catch Such him? a big part of being a wide receiver. Yeah, pretty big. <laughs> All right. Giants wide receivers. Darius Slayton didn't practice Wednesday. Sterling Shepard didn't practice Wednesday. Now, I mean, obviously the Giants are a dumpster fire, but both of these guys have had their moments. Yeah, I, you know, Shepard had a monster first couple of weeks and dating back to last year had seen nine or more targets in four straight games, had been a wide receiver, you know, 18 or more PPR points in four straight games. So this hurts. And they gave up a ton of PPR points to, to Jacoby Myers out of the slot. If he plays, I'm going to love him this week. But I think both those guys probably rest. And Kenny Galladay ends up being a little bit more valuable. And this one, I don't know what it exactly it means. I, I often will just – I'll give the, the credit to the Roto World blurbs. I always kind of just go there, copy the injuries, and then we talk about them from there. The most efficient way of looking at news, in my opinion. But I think this must have been a typo because they wrote Tyler Conklin 
glue, comma, elbow. Not sure what glue exactly means. Do you think yet. that means he was like sniffing glue? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he was puking up glue after sniffing far too much before practice. He's not practicing. He was actually the tight end one the last week. Otherwise, I would have been like, why, why are we talking about Conklin in the first place? He had the most points among tight ends last week. Eight oh. targets, seven catches, 70 yards, and a TD. Might be a streamer should he be in, but if the glue is – if he's coming to the glue, we probably can't put him in our lineups, right. unfortunately. Right. Until we find out what that means, I'd stay away. <laughs> yes, definitely. All right. We're going to get right into higher, lower, Hail Mary, must watch, stash and see. And one of the stash and see on the quarterbacks, I really I want to have a brief conversation with you about. But we're going to start where we usually do with higher. This is a guy you've been higher on a few times. Uh, one time I called you out on it and I was wrong. Uh, Jalen Hurts against KC. You got him as your QB eight. That's only two spots above the experts. KC's defense has not been stellar. No, they should be zero and three, man. <laughs> they they really could and should be. They've given up the second most points to QBs. You have to chase points against them. You have to be aggressive, and I think that's exactly what the Eagles are going to do. And like you said, the last time I was higher on Hertz, he looked amazing at twenty nine fantasy points. No, he was, was playing incredible. the Falcons. Yeah, it was the Falcons. But what's crazy about him is he's looked like crap the last couple of weeks. And yet he is still scoring 22 and 23 right. fantasy points and been a top 10 QB in both right. of those weeks. So right. as bad as he's looked, like if that's his floor, he's going to be a top 10 QB. And now he gets the best possible matchup. I love Jalen Hurts this week. I would have a it's, very hard time sitting him for almost any quarterback in the NFL. It's the Konami upside that you talk about all it, the time. It's so real. It's it's like it almost feels gross and like unfair because it doesn't really represent the real game at all. Like, he looked horrible these last two weeks and is a top ten quarterback still. But hey, the fact, that's what it is. That's the scoring we play with. So you got you got to milk it. The fact that Stafford, who I have, as I said before, and I got for a dollar in an auction, is so high on the quarterback rankings without doing that is a real testament to what a great season he's having because he has no Konami upside, and I think he's a QB4 right now. Right, absolutely. I mean, Hurts is really the only Konami guy alongside, of course, Lamar Jackson. Lamar, now, right. Look at the top 12. We have Derek Carr, like Kirk Cousins. We have Stafford. Derek Carr. <laughs> top 12 QB. Yeah, MVP. Oh, he's, your he's, boy. He's, he's looked really good, man. <laughs> he has. He's a league in Texas. He's, he, he is killing it. It's crazy. Yeah. What a yeah. year. What a I year. did not see that coming. Listen, no. I've, I've, I've not been on the car bandwagon for at least four years. No, I, I didn't think I'd ever get back on it. And what choice do we have at this point? He's pushing the ball downfield. He's looking he's great. good. The Raiders, did you did you have the Raiders pegged as a 3-0 and team? I sure didn't. And they beat three teams that were 10 and had 10-plus wins last year. <laughs> know, that's just that's the first time a team's ever gone 3-0 and against teams that had 10 or more wins the season before. First time in history, in NFL history. Wow. Crazy. Derek right. Carr, baby. Derek Carr. He might Ryan, win MVP this year, Nat. He, he might actually win MVP I know, if he keeps this I know. I'm gonna, I don't think I'm, for real. I'm going to temper my expectations. I don't want to jinx it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Ryan Tannehill. Oh, oh, by the way, I like Stafford as MVP. Ryan Tannehill yeah. uh, going against the Jets. Quarterback 18. That's five spots below the experts. It's the Jets. Why don't you love Ryan Tannehill here? Because his whole receiving core is like on the morgue table. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, what else do you need? <laughs> you, you read the trio of receivers earlier, Nat. Like Chester Rogers. You don't like Chester Rogers? Josh Reynolds, something Westbrook creature. I have no Westbrook idea. Westbrook hyphen. Something. Exactly. And and the Jets have actually sneakily been a good pass defense. I don't know how. They have nobody of note in their secondary, but they're giving up the second fewest points to QBs. My theory on why is because they're giving up an enormous amount of points to running backs. And, oh, you have Derrick Henry in your backfield. 
Like I said, there's no reason he doesn't see 30. It's not a terrible theory. This next week. And Tannehill's been QB 24 or worse in two of his three weeks. He had three touchdowns last week. Okay. Looked okay. But I don't, there's nothing, there's no upside here. How is he ahead of guys like Joe Burrow, Sam Darnold, uh, Derek Carr, he's ranked ahead of in the ECR. It makes no sense to me. Even if he had his main receivers, like I ranked him here with thinking Julio Jones was going to be at least in. And now that he's out, I might bump him even further down the list. There's no interest at all. Do not start Tannehill this week, please. Agree with you, even though the Jets thing is, you know, at quick glance, it's very appealing. But you're right. If you dig into it even a little bit, he's not a great play. Hail Mary, Taylor Heineke. This is a guy who I've been pleasantly surprised by. He's going against Atlanta. We've heard about people doing well against this Falcons football team. You got him as your QB 16. He's only 6% rostered. Yeah, his two starts, he has 21 and 23 fantasy points. He's been a top 12 QB in every start and similar to Jalen Hurts. He hasn't really looked especially good in either of them, but he runs. He's ran for a touchdown in both of them. He gets Atlanta, who's giving up the third most points to QBs. So, And this was against the Buffalo Bills. He had 23 points, like a pretty solid defense on only 212 pass yards. Again, showing you how important Konami upside is against Atlanta. These playmakers are going to have a field day. Heineke's probably going to put up 25 to 30 fantasy points. I mean, everybody was comfortable streaming Daniel Jones last week against Atlanta. He had 16. He did okay. Heineke's going to put up 25 to 30, and he's only 6% owned. I, I would have him in uh, my heart lineup in a heartbeat over Ryan Tannehill and a lot of others. So I, one of my favorite streams of all for QB right now. All right. Stash and C. Oh, yeah. Trey, Trey Lance. I wanted to talk to you about this for a second. He's on my bench. I have a, a bench filled with extremely good bench players, many of them being injured. I've had to pick up. I'm all of a sudden thin at running back without McCaffrey, without James White. Um, I've considered dropping Lance a couple of times. I haven't done it. But, I mean, I you know, like, like, look, even if Lance was healthy, I wouldn't be starting him over Stafford. No way. Yeah, your situation's tricky because you have Stafford and you pro- like you're saying, like, no matter how good Lance is looking – I don't know that you ever bench Stafford. So you're saying I mean, you agree with that, right? Like, I mean, I don't care what we're looking at for Lance. We can't be expecting him to do what Matt Stafford's doing. Probably not. But here's the deal, too. Like, he does have – there's no reason to think this guy doesn't have Mahomesian upside still when Mahomes was a rookie. He still has that Konami – we're seeing it on a weekly basis. He's a great rusher. He's a powerful rusher. He's going in in the goal line packages. I like that. I, I love all oh, of yeah. that. He's got the cannon arm and all of these weapons. Now that Ayuk is back and looking solid. Now that Debo is looking like an absolute monster and Kittle, of course we know who Kittle is. You got the weapons. You got the play caller. Who's going to milk every drop of you. If, and when he takes over, I'm telling you, like maybe you will consider him over Stafford, depending on the weeks, especially considering that playoff schedule, Houston, Atlanta, and Tennessee, three of the bottom five defenses against quarterbacks and just in general, even if it means just holding him from your opponents, like, Okay. I have the feeling that's better than whoever you probably have out there. Maybe your waiver wire is a little bit more shallow and you need the depth and you have to cut bait. But to me, even if you're not starting him, I wouldn't want to be facing him. Let's put it that way. Okay. That's a compelling argument, actually. <laughs> Must watch. Can Justin Fields rebound in a smash spot or is he just pure booty cheeks under Matt Nagy? <laughs> How long do you think Nagy's got before he's out of here? I The sooner the better. He is awful. He is atrocious. How do you get Justin Fields – uh, one of the best throwers on the run, one of the most athletic quarterbacks we've had in the league other than Michael Vick and RG3, the fastest 40 time. 
and you don't design a single run, a single bootleg. You put him behind your awful offensive line. Like that's the advantage this guy has is he can kind of mask your shitty ass offensive line, but you put him there and, and yes, fields didn't look good. Like I, I'm not going to say an excuse fields and say it's all Matt Nagy. He didn't do his part either, but Matt Nagy did not set him up for success at all to the point that like people are conspiring that, Nagy wants him to fail and like wants to prove that Andy Dalton was the right play. I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me, but it, this is, if he can't get it done against Detroit, if this offense can't get a spark against this pathetic Detroit team. So Allen Robinson, we're talking about, you know, Darnell Mooney, even David Montgomery these days, a, a true workhorse, but doesn't really matter when you're in a complete booty cheeks offense, as we said at the top. I, this is, this is like the panic button or the big rebound spot for fields. And I, I think he's not I, – I, I think Matt Nagy's that bad that they don't get it together. But I don't know. What, any thoughts on yourself? I agree. I don't think it's going to happen, at least it's not awful. under this regime. No, I don't not see at it. all. And it's, it is must-watch. It, it's must-watch to either puke or, like, to feel a little bit of safeness in your stomach. But I don't know. I, I, you, can't, I, you can't start him, at least. Even against Detroit, you can't put him out there. All right, running backs. Guy you're higher on, and by higher, I mean a lot higher on. You're much higher on Daryl Henderson. He's going against Arizona. You got him as your RB22, 17 spots above the experts. You also like the aforementioned Cordell, uh, Cordell Patterson. He's going against Washington. You got him as your RB28, seven spots above the experts. Yeah, and and Henderson, as soon as he's confirmed in, if he's confirmed in, that that will climb up in the ECR. Oftentimes, early week injuries that people rank them very conservatively. But I'm just kind of showing you, as long as he's playing, this is where I'm going to have him, maybe even bump him up a couple spots. Arizona, it's been, you know, a decent team against the run, but they haven't faced many good running backs. Henderson, McVay said in week one, as long as this guy's rolling the way he has been, we're not taking him out of the game. And he was true to his word. He didn't talk, get off the field until he got hurt. I don't know if that changes because he got hurt, but I don't expect it to. Henderson's got more explosiveness than Sony Michelle, who did okay in spot fill-in duty, but never had any wow plays, didn't do anything like Henderson was, who was getting the goal line work, who was getting all the receiving work. I think he steps right back into that three-down world with maybe a little bit more uh, Michelle sprinkled in, but I, I don't expect it much. Then you can definitely smash that start in week four here. And Patterson, I mean, I think he's significantly undervalued week in and week out. I agree. I'm going to continue to rank him as a top 30 guy every week as a, as a definite fringe starter. Even if he's not getting it done in the run game, he's still seeing you know 82 yards in the receiving game. In crucial situations, he's the guy that's in over Mike Davis. He's catching screens. He's moving the chains. Arthur Smith loves him, and he's going to have a role. They're always going to be playing from behind. And when you think about Washington, what, how would you rather attack this team from the running back position? Right in the teeth of the defense with your fat Mike Davis running back or get some guys in space, get Cordell Patterson in speed, You know, let him do his, his damage there. That's how you beat this team. So I really think Patterson's going to be the higher used guy and do a lot more damage this week. So listen, obviously the Falcons are the Falcons and anything can change. You're saying you're calling him like a fringe starter. I would say that you're almost criminally underranking this guy if you're only ranking him 27, 28. And I'm just going by his PPR numbers and ranking right now. He is the RB9, okay, in PPR, okay? He, as far as rushing goes, he's getting seven carries a game. He's gotten seven carries all three games. That's nothing. And he hasn't done much. One week he went for like 50. The other ones he was like 20. Okay, so not much. He did score once. But receiving, the guy's caught 13 balls. Yeah. He's been targeted 16 times. So he's catching everything they're throwing his way. And he's got like 160 yards receiving and a touchdown. So, I mean, he's, he's getting like five and 50 receiving every game. That's yeah. 10 points. 
Like right? I, I mean, that on top of any random touchdown or rushing, I think our. I mean, assuming he's going to get this workload, I think RB twenty eight is like actually really low. It might be too low, and you're right, and you, you're preaching to the choir here. I mean, you, I was talking about this guy at week two. After he had a decent week one, he led the team in rushing. I called him my Hail Mary. He was only 11% rostered at that time This that when we went for Hail Marys. And you were like, Corderell Patterson, haven't you learned your lesson by now? And Twitter was destroying me. Like, he sucks. He's ass. And and here we go. And here he is as a guy that you're saying right now shouldn't even be considered fringe. And I, I'm agreeing with you. Like, as a receiving, it's kind of like a DeAndre Swift light. Like, he might not see a ton of carries. But he's getting so much receiving volume, it doesn't really matter. The running back. If you're getting ten running. points on the receiving end, you can wipe your ass with the running end, and you're a startable player. Exactly. He, I mean, he's averaging sixteen point three a game in PPR. That's that's real, and that's over three games. I mean, I know it's not a huge sample size, but it's not nothing. No, and he's looking good too. It's not like it's like bad points when you watch the guy play. He's every bit as explosive as he's ever been, and he's just getting more usage now. I love him. I, I, you know what? You're right. I am probably – I'm higher. I'm seven spots higher than the ECR, and I probably need to be – I think he deserves a, a couple more things uh, – a couple more spots bumped. We'll see if he can keep it up. I All like right. It. Let's talk running back. Saquon Barkley at the Saints. You got him as 18, five below the experts. Man, Saquon might just be a sinking ship. Uh, Miles Gaskin against Indianapolis. You got him as your RB25, five below the experts. Yeah, both fringe starters, and I mean, it's kind of – I do like what Saquon's doing. Would you rather start Miles Gaskin than Cordell Patterson? No, you're right. I need right. To, you I, got him higher on your list, though. I, exactly. I, I need to update that for sure. Right. Uh, with Saquon, I mean, 18 points last week, 90% of the backfield workload, like 80-something percent of the snaps. I mean, he's back to Saquon role. I, I actually like this guy a lot after this week, but the Saints are so damn good against running backs, and he hasn't been – anything close to efficient already this year. He's not going to find that efficiency at all against the Saints. They bottle up running backs with the best of them. The one thing that might help him beat this lower ranking is the receiving work. Six for 43 and a t- touchdown last week, and they might have no one else to throw to, uh, depending on what the Shepard and Slayton situation is. So that could end up bailing him out, but I just, I, I'm nervous about it more so for the matchup. And then if he does suck, like I expect him to, I would actually be going in and trying to buy low as hard as I could because he's starting to regain that explosiveness. I'm intrigued by him. Miles Gaskin, meanwhile, running back 26, running back 36, running back 32 so far across his stats. Like it hasn't been anything special. Now he gets a pretty tough matchup here against a, a nice indie front seven. I, just like why? What, what's what's he getting you? You know, like, he used to at least get the receiving work, but Jalen Waddle saw 13 targets. He's kind of become that outlet like safety valve. They're going to him instead of going to Gaskin. And with that drained, you're in, and Malcolm Brown coming in for the, the touchdown work, you're looking at a classic between-the-20s plotter that I have no interest in. So, yeah, why is he above Patterson? No good answer for that. I'll, I'll have to adjust that for sure. All right. Let's all take a deep breath before we get to the <laughs> Hail Mary here. Now, this is the spot where last time on the show Cordero Patterson was called, and we just spent five minutes talking about what a great call that was. But do you hear in the distance, is that Peyton Barber's music? 30% owned, Hail Mary. Yeah. Mic drop. Exactly. And we know your hands are in the pants because nobody likes truth. Oh, that's right. I'm <laughs> keeping them below the table where nobody can see them. <laughs> I just see that camera shaking a little bit over there. Who knows what's happening? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Peyton Barber, man. Uh, look, I, I thought the guy was completely hideous and disgusting, smelled bad, looked bad, just everything tasted bad, like nothing good about him. 
He put up 111 rushing yards, and 101 of them came after contact. He was bowling through people. He also caught, uh, I think, four balls for 36 yards. He was the featured back. He had 26 touches. Only five running backs had more carries or, or more touches, rather, last week than this guy. So this becomes a, a complete throw it out the window if Josh Jacobs plays. But should he not? Barber's going to get that type of workload against a bottom 10, you know, 10th most points allowed to two running backs with the Chargers. He could be a great streamer yet again because Gruden loves him. He shockingly looked better than I expected. I, I, I think he can be started. I think he can be started. And even if Jacobs plays, like, do they ease him in because Barber looked so good? I think that becomes a three-headed nightmare and you couldn't trust anybody. I think if you're – if you're look, I know there's an ongoing gag that I love Peyton Barber, but if if you're – even entertaining starting Peyton Barber as part of a platoon, you're just absolutely kidding yourself. Like yeah. if he's the featured guy, okay. I'll be like, well, we saw it last week. If you're saying like, Oh, maybe they'll ease this guy back in Peyton Barber is a viable play. I completely disagree with that. I'm not sure if that's what you're saying or not. I don't know. Yeah. If Jacob's <laughs> playing, you really can't trust him. I guess what makes us a tough hail Mary is they play on Monday night. So I don't know if we're going to have any type of clue heading into Sunday. And that makes it an even tougher guy to sit and wait for. Um, maybe he's your flex and you can have like Renfro as a backup plan, which obviously is not sexy either, but it's something. Um, yeah, it, it's tricky. You might even want to consider going with one of these stash and C's. I know I labeled them the stash and C's, but they could also be Hail Marys this week. All right, well, stash and C's, you got J.J. Taylor, 2% roster. We talked about him before and or Ramondre Stevenson at 10%, who we also talked about before. Um, you also are mentioning Alex Collins. Yeah, the two pass games, again, just to reiterate, 18.5% target share for James White. One of those two guys could easily step in and get it. It might just end up being Brandon Bolden and we all throw up. My guess is J.J. Taylor in a game where they're going to be chasing points. If Taylor becomes that James White guy, he might catch seven, eight balls. So I actually sneaky like like J.J. Taylor. He's a guy, you know, if you want to wait for Peyton Barber, and you might have some more news as Sunday night approaches about what Josh Jacobs' status is. I like him. And then Alex Collins was a stash and see. It's kind of like uh, that kind of massive handcuff upside. He'd be the, the early down back if something happens to Carson, who did get a little bit banged up this last week. I think Collins would have that. He's the guy that everyone would go like Chuba Hubbard this week and throw 30, 40 bucks at. So if you have bench trash, you might as well just cut him, see what happens. If Carson went down, you'd be very happy that you had Collins ahead of the pack. I know that he's supposed to be Chuba Hubbard. He's Chuba Hubbard. That's, <laughs> that sounds way, way better. It does. It, I right? agree with you 100%. It's like Hubba Bubba Bubblegum. Chuba yes. Hubbard. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. To his face, I wouldn't call him something he didn't want to be called. But on this show, he's going to be Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> but he's um, a big fan now. He's tuned in. You're, you're essentially saying it to his face right now. All right. If, if he busts into the DMs, I'll owe him an apology. Um, all right. The must watch and last week's must watch were uh, Ken Henry, Aaron Jones and Najee rebound. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was some rebounding going on. Well, that's what I loved about it. That's why I keep putting it in. When I say last week, it was two. Weeks it was two ago. weeks ago. Right. But there was some there was some rebounding. There was just, like these bus watches, these Hail Marys. We were on fire with the running back position. Right. Um, and yeah, this week, who, if anyone, is the 49ers running back? Who do you think? I, I My guess would be Eli Mitchell. He looked better so far than Sermon, who didn't do much. But at the end of the day, I don't really know. Like, uh, who can ever know? And it might end up being a gross committee. I mean, they had Kyle Juszczyk involved with like 40% of the touches. Todd Gurley? 
Yeah. <laughs> Todd Gurley, is that actually a rumor happening right now? I just started it right now on the oh, show. So you heard it here first, Gurley to the right. 49ers, baby. Poor course back. I really think the answer to this backfield is going to end up being Jeff Wilson. I, if people don't have him stashed yet, he's only 19% rostered. He can go in your IR if you do IR things. Even if you don't, I think you should own this guy. He's, he was the leading rusher last year. 10 touchdowns last year. was 10th in the NFL. And that beautiful stretch run we talk about, the Texans, the Tennessee Titans, and the uh, the Falcons, you know, beautiful stretch run. He was a league winner last year down the stretch. I really think he could line up. He had 30 points in week 16. This guy has legit NFL talent and legit NFL upside. And we're just seeing everyone else crap themselves or get hurt in this backfield. You know, what I, you know what I think the key to the 49ers backfield is going to be? Trey Lance. It Trey very Lance. well could be as well. Um, but you know how – that's even like – the mobile quarterbacks open the most absurd cutback lanes. Even it's true. When the preseason was happening. Mostert had that like 70 yard, just monster, you know, opening the, the red sea parted for him. So yes, Trey Lance will definitely take some volume, but he'll also create unbelievable situations. Did you see how easily he walked into the end zone when they he set him up? It was like, he didn't even run really. And he no. just was in the end zone pretty much untouched. And yeah. you're sitting here saying you might want to cut this guy. Come on, Matt, don't do it. I have a really, really good quarterback. I understand that. But what you said about keeping him out of someone else's hands, that spoke to me. Yeah, exactly. And all right. So anyway, all right, let's keep moving. We're halfway through the position. we got to do wide receiver and tight ends. When we're not working up to Thursday night football, we're a lot more long-winded, Wolf. Uh, I know. Seriously, we're we're pretty efficient. We don't choose our words as carefully. We're just like very casual. But uh, smash the like button for us, please. We're halfway through. We'd love to get a couple more likes. Or Absolutely. a bunch more likes. All right, wide receivers. Uh, Terry McLaurin against Atlanta. You love attacking Atlanta, don't you? You got him as your wide receiver seven. That's five spots above the experts. You also like Mike Evans in the Brady return game to New England. You got him as your wide receiver 15, six spots above the experts. OBJ at Minnesota, wide receiver 23rd, uh, 23, seven spots above the experts. And you love Beckham, huh? <laughs> and I love who? <laughs> Odell Beckham. Oh, yeah. I, I really actually do love what I saw from him. We'll start at the highest one, though. Terry McLaurin. It is more for DFS because it you, you, no-brainer. You're starting Terry McLaurin in your regular lineups against Atlanta. But at DFS, I think he's the 15th priced receiver. I have him all the way at wide receiver seven. Love the matchup, giving up you know 10th most points. I <laughs> saw coming up there. I know, you're uh, right, but- Yeah, pretty, pretty gross. Uh, plus five ECR. It's just a smash buy. I think this is going to be another one of those 11-catch, 100-yard TD days. Like, let's not forget what happened a couple of weeks ago. This is it's still his easiest matchup of the year as well. Mike Evans, meanwhile, has been rolling. I get A.B. being back causes a bit of concern. Um, and Brady might just go to the well and go for those higher percentage looks. But to beat the defense, they might make Brady force those one-on-one situations at New England. Evans has 22 and 15 points in back-to-back weeks. I think he continues to roll. Uh, him and Brady are in a really, really nice groove at this point. And then Odell Beckham, the, the guy that probably most people are wondering, can I get him in or can I do I do I wait another week? I don't think you wait. On only 69 or 64% of the snaps, rather, he saw a 29% target share. He had you know, a nice 73 yards, nothing crazy to write home about, but five catches, 77 yards, nine targets. It was more the usage and the fact that he looked every bit as explosive as a couple of years ago, like better than we've seen him look in a, a few years. And now these are the few weeks where he won't have Jarvis Landry there eating all the cheese. I think he gets his you know his workload continue to ratchet up. 
Number four in terms of points allowed, the Minnesota Vikings. I just love Odell Beckham this week. I can't believe he's like a fringe starter to people. I would have him in every lineup I could possibly get him in. All right, this next one lower. This kills me. Calvin Ridley against Washington. Wide receiver 17. That's eight spots below the experts. Robert Woods, man, talk about a guy where we were like, yeah, him and Cup, about even. Um, going against Arizona, wide receiver 37, 11 spots below the experts. I mean, if you look at how his fortune and Cup's fortunes have gone this year, I mean, Cup is the undisputed wide receiver one right now. And I think Woods is like in the 40s, 42, something like that. Um, as far as Ridley goes, man, that was the guy that I spent. I spent twice as much on him as I did on Cup. Wow. And you told me it was a steal, and I believed you. <laughs> I think anybody what we paid for would have thought it was a steal in the preseason. You know, no target competition should have been, should be this hog. And granted, eleven targets, ten targets, eight targets, not like the hog hog we expected, but not a bad target share. It's just that Matt been Ryan, okay. Matt Ryan is awful. This offense is awful, and he's ultimately been the wide receiver sixty-one, wide receiver seventeen, wide receiver thirty-six. I'm ranking him at the highest he's ever hit, and somehow mm-hmm. I'm still eight spots below the ECR people are still ranking him as a wide receiver nine. Yes, I get it. Ridley's a good player that's seeing volume, but this volume is coming from a dumpster. People are really, really slow sometimes to catch up on what's actually happening in front of them. It's like we get Ridley was like a top five guy preseason. I paid premium for him, but I can also see three weeks in that he's not a top five guy anymore. And people, this would happen. This would drive me crazy with OBJ over the past couple of years. It's like right. he wasn't producing and people were just ranking him really high because he was really good like several years ago. And I'm not saying that's happening with Ridley. Uh, I'm just like, like long-term, I'm just saying right now, it's pretty clear the guy doesn't deserve to be where they have him. I mean, he just hasn't produced and there's guys that are just much more attractive options that are below him. Yeah. Uh, do you um, think he's going to rebound or do you think this is what we're going to be looking at this year? Like, is he going to be like wide receiver 15 or 20 on the year? I think that middle, he's going to be like a middling wide receiver too that continues to get ranked as this like high end quality wide receiver one. I just don't buy it. I just don't get it. And Woods is still the same, same idea. He's getting ranked as like this, you know, mid range wide receiver too. He's finished as the wide receiver 42, wide receiver 44, wide receiver 65 across well, his starts. Even our RSJ people uh, on our group text were saying stuff like, oh, uh, you know, Cup's getting it now. Woods will get it later. And I was just like, no, man, that's not that's not what's happening here. No. Like, this is a clear alpha and number two or number three guy right now. Like, I don't think Cup is going to give up half his stuff to Woods anytime soon. No, especially the fact that Cup has doubled him up, more than doubled him up in air yards. Like, that used to be flipped. It used to be Woods doing a lot of the deep work and, and Cup doing a lot of the underneath yak stuff. Woods isn't getting any of the deep stuff. He's not getting any of the yak stuff. He's just not getting anything. Four targets, nine targets, okay, in week, you know, against Indy. Then six targets, like, he's just not really a a huge role. He's getting some running back touches. But there's a huge buy-low narrative out there on Woods. And honestly, I'd be selling low. I'd be trying to get what I could for this guy, especially – and he might have a blow-up week. There's going to be a day he does it. And, you know, against Arizona when they need points, maybe it's this week. As soon as he does, I'm going to be hitting the sell button as fast as I could. I do not see this being something where he gets it together. He'll have a blow up here or there. I'm getting rid of him, though, as fast as I can. Hail Mary. Hunter Runfrew going against the L.A. Chargers, 21% owned. He's looked pretty good, and we talked about Carr. Yeah. 
I think that's really it. His car is just a an engine right now. 300 plus yards in seven straight games, leading the league in passing. And Renfro's the second most consistent guy after Darren Waller. Nine, seven, and six targets. That's more than Robert Woods, who we were just talking about. 10, 8, and 16 fantasy points. More than Robert Woods, who we were just talking about. So uh, Renfro's just got the most consistent role outside of Waller in an offense that's leading the league in passing. In, in a matchup against the Chargers where they're going to need to be able to move the ball and put up points. I like it. I don't love it. There's not a ton of ceiling here. The fact that he scored last week is kind of like the, the peak ceiling for Renfro, but he's going to get your nice 10-ish points. He's at 10 in PPR every single week. And if he gets to the end zone, then even better. So I think as a Hail Mary, like that's a pretty nice floor for a Hail Mary. Stash and C, we don't really need to get into these because we've actually touched on both of them already. Guys coming off the IR, Rashad Bateman, 14%, who I picked up. Curtis Samuel, 35%, who you made a case for earlier. Anything to add to those guys or, or are we good? No, we covered them in the uh, the IR section. So if you missed that, feel free to rewind uh, and check that out a little bit later. All right, must watch. We touched on this too. Can Odell Beckham carry last week's momentum? What the hell is the deal with Amari Cooper, who we were anointing you know, the second coming in week one? Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, I'd say on both of those guys. Brandon Ayuk, I'd say he's intriguing. Uh, he's looked really, really bad. And, uh, you know, for a while last week, he looked pretty good. Exactly. I'm most intrigued, I'd say, by Brandon Ayuk. Let's see if he can continue the momentum 90% routes to 4% for Trent Sherfield. Seems like he is officially back into the starting lineup and, and without a doubt. You never know with Kyle Shanahan. That's kind of why he's on the watch list is like, what if he just reverts out of nowhere? But I think he is officially back, and he looked really good leaping over people, still fast as all hell down the field. I think he could have a, a nice, like, huge blow-up game. So I, I'm ready to get him back in lineups. I, I'm even ready for that. The other guys, I don't want Allen Robinson in my lineup. I don't. No, want me either. I'm and I, bl- I, I blame the coach completely. He's a good receiver. Right. Exactly. I'm very good receiver, but yeah, McCarthy's just a complete asshat. And what's, what's clear to me though, is maybe this isn't that much of an asshat move is when the Cowboys don't have to throw, they're going to protect Dak. He he went from 58 pass attempts in week one, like looked like he was ready to be that 60 attempt a week, insane volume, 450 yards a game guy. He's now had 26 and like 24. He hasn't even reached that number of pass attempts in week one in his last couple starts combined. So when they don't have to throw it a ton, they're not going to. And I guess that's you know pretty and, smart to protect them. And they're not going to have to, I mean, in a lot of their games, they're going to win that division going away. I think so, too. Against the Panthers, they might have to. This has been yeah. an offense. They haven't trailed all year. They've, they've put up some points. But both of these teams seem to want to be slow and methodical when they can. So I think this is going to be a slow and methodical game where we get about 30 pass attempts from Dak. Is that going to be enough to sustain Cooper? Can he regain some consistency? I don't know, but it's clear the 16 target days, those are well gone. Yeah, I think that was an anomaly looking back yeah. on it. Uh, although we did get excited. All right, there's a slight mistake on here. I'm assuming your data is correct. We're going into tight ends right now. You got Gronk going against Atlanta. We know it's New England. It's oh, the yes. comeback game. You got him as your tight end four, three spots above the experts. Can you believe? Can you believe that we're talking about Gronk as the tight end four? Wild. I would never have guessed this entering last year, but here we are. As we've said a few times on this podcast, the guy looks like a completely different player at this point than he did last year. You know who else he looks like? This guy. <laughs> he looks like my co-host over here. Indeed, we've gotten that one far too many times. It makes me sick. I know uh, it does. But he is, he's running. I mean, he did have the rib injury. Let's see what happens with that. Is that going to slow him down at all? But he was running like the Gronk of old. It was a completely different player than what we saw last year. And he had multiple touchdowns in back-to-back weeks last week. Again, getting knocked out with the ribs. Did come back and toughed it out, but didn't end up scoring. 
The thing that I like about this, though, is he's two touchdowns away. Him and Brady are two touchdowns away together from taking over Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning for all-time connection uh, in terms of most touchdowns of all time. Wow. You don't think they're going to want to go for that in their old home stadium? No, I think they will. They're licking their chops, and Bruce Arians has it circled, I'm sure. They're going to try to make sure they do everything to get Gronk two touchdowns so that he breaks that record in his old home against his old fans. Like, that's happening. He's going to have two touchdowns, and people aren't ranking him nearly high enough. I love Gronk this week. I think that's actually a really compelling case, and I think it might make me downgrade their other receivers a tiny bit. As yeah, they're going to force feed it to him. I really think so in the red zone. Right. I think so, too. That'll be cool. All right. Lower. I've been dying to talk about this guy. Kyle Pitts, oh, Washington, tight end 12, two spots below the experts. Where's your panic meter on this guy? Who I know pretty, you, yeah, you are all Ridley, about. Like, yeah. He's less talented than Ridley. And he's in that same horrible scenario, horrible situation. We should have all seen this coming. You know, yes, he was the unicorn prospect, right? But rookie tight ends always translate low and slow. And for the longest time I had him below Hawkinson, below Andrews and was like, all right, let's pump the brakes guys. It's a rookie tight end. And then I got absorbed into the hype and I regret it. I, I had, I bumped him up way too high at this point. He's a fringe starter. I mean, he's been 22 tight end 22 or worse in two of his three weeks. The one thing I am hanging on to is like, he's moved a lot all over the formation slot out wide in the backfield at times. And like, you like to see that creative usage. It should lead to some good numbers, but at the end of the day, like, I think we just always are looking for narratives to forgive people that we like and want to believe in. And it ultimately just doesn't matter if the stats aren't following it and they're not following it here. Yeah. It's fantasy football. That's all that matters. Literally. It's it's ultimately all that matters. And I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. Washington's actually been a pretty bad defense for the most part of this year, but they've been pretty good against tight ends. So I I would be benching this guy if I had a better option. And I think I actually might bump the guy I have below him uh, officially ahead. This is Hail Mary. And that's Dawson Knox, who you've got as your tight end 11, four spots above the experts, and he's only rostered on 26% of teams. Compare that to Pitts, who I'm sure is rostered like 95%. Exactly. And he gets Houston, who's given up the fourth most points to tight ends, most receptions to tight ends. He's participated in 80% or 85% even last week, last two weeks of Josh Allen's route. So he's like the every down guy. There's no other Tyler Croft or someone else nibbling his cheese and every down weapon in a Josh Allen led offense. That's just looked like it's regained its form from last year against the Houston Texans. He's got two touchdowns and two, uh, he scored two of three weeks. He had four catches for like 40 yards in the other one, which at tight end ultimately is like pretty decent. Knox has a very clear role in a very explosive offense, especially in the red zone. He's seen two red zone targets. He's put both of them into touchdowns. I like this guy. I don't know why he's not owned more at a tight end position where most often you're just hoping for a touchdown. This guy's getting good volume and red zone volume. I really like him as a Hail Mary this week. All right. Stash and C. God, you're all over this guy. Pat Fryermuth. Uh, <laughs> I, I knew you were going to slide him into the podcast somehow. Always. <laughs> He's a Newberry Court guy. He's a local guy now. I know, and that's why I'm 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 forgiving of it. Yes, but beyond that, he actually is talented. I mean, he's starting to play more snaps, run more routes than Eric Ebron, who had zero for zero last week. If and when this is officially taken over, I guess the one thing that sucks about is he's tied to Big Ben. And like, have you ever seen a drop off as hard? Like Peyton Manning's drop off was bad. Big Ben's just like falling and crumbling on himself. It's it's sad. Like he's he's about as bad a quarterback as there is in the NFL now. Maybe Davis yeah. Mills, maybe worse. I don't know. But like he, he's 
He's pretty horrible. I genuinely think the team would be better off with Mason Rudolph, and I don't think Mason Rudolph is good at all. Like, I, I think weird. they'd be better with Mason Rudolph, but I mean, I think they'd be way better with someone like Gardner Minshew or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Why could have gotten their hands on? You know, why didn't they go after him? Why not take a stab at like Cam Newton at this point? You know, like I, I know he's. I, I wouldn't. That's throwing good money after bad. There's no point in that. But there's some guys that can play football. A lot better than Ben Roethlisberger, who I think that they. I would go for. I mean, I know you have to throw some money to get Cam, and it brings a media circus. But but they still have a good defense. I'm not going to trade. I'm not going to bring in a washed quarterback to replace a a washed quarterback. He's far less washed than Big Ben. He's pretty washed. Cam looked good this preseason. I watched every preseason snap for the Pats. He only played in one game. He went like eight for nine ninety. The ball was zipping. Like I was shocked they released him. And honestly, the way that, you know, maybe they probably shouldn't. I'm, I'm happy they're letting Mac Jones take his lumps and get out I know, there. I know. You know, I, I, I would not want Cam Newton around. I'm glad they did right. what they did. But I don't think Cam is. I, I think Cam was looking much better than what he looked like last year. I, if I was them, I'd be ringing his, him off the hook. Either way, Pat Fry moves back to our tight end stash, playing more snaps than Eric Ebron, looking like the big body red zone guy, big freak, some good steam, you know, down the seam catches. Just I, I really like this kid as a talent. I just don't know if everything around him will ever work out to his meaningful value. But if you have bench trash to cut, you know who I should have put here is is who? Tommy Tremble from the Panthers. That's who I should have put. They just traded away Dan Arnold because they called this kid Jeremy Chin. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna now change my thing. I like Fryer Ruth, but now I've talked about it. This is very cap ceiling here. I think Tommy Tremble ran in a touchdown, the first rookie tight touch, tight end to ever run in a touchdown. Pretty nice. Caught a nice 30-yarder down the seam. And then after the game, Matt Rule says, this is our year, this year's Jeremy Chin, who they took in round three last year. He's on the other side of the ball, but he became an all-star, like, really quickly because of his versatility, because of how they could use him. And that's what he said, how versatile this Tommy Tremble is. We've gotten a million trade calls for him, and there's no way we're trading him because we love what he's doing. We can't wait to grow his role. That's why they traded Dan Arnold away. I'm excited to see what he does. He would be my stash and see. Tommy Tremble is the play I like. All right. And they're much watch. You're interested to see Kittle's role and what you think will be a likely shootout. I just want to see him get some volume. He finally started to see a little bit of an uptick. I want one of those classic, like 15 target, 160, you know, bull Kittle days. And I think he's due for it. And I think we might get it this week. Kevin Ray says he loves the extra long stream. Thanks, boys. Anytime, Kevin. Absolutely. All righty, guys. Well, thank you so much. Let's get a 3-0 Sunday for you. Mike Schneider, I agree. You absolutely start uh, Tyreek Hill as well. KTC Bowl, not to ignore you. But yes, you absolutely start Tyreek. And make sure you follow RotoStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves. You find me at RotoStreetWolf. If you prefer a podcast or have to stream it one day, you have to miss the live stream. Fantasy Fullback Dive the next day. All your podcasts are available wherever you listen. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for so much interaction on a Wednesday night. We usually get this type of interaction on a Thursday before the game. It's yeah, cool. we, this the Wolfpack showing out here. YouTube's really kind of blowing up for us. And I love it. So continue to share us out. Continue to help the pack grow. Your thumbs up means the world, as does subscriptions and bells, if you like what we're doing here. We work our asses off for you, Wolfpack. We love you, and we appreciate your support as well. So thank you guys so much. I'm the Wolf. I'm the Truth. World full of fancy sheep, guys. Be that Wolf. Later. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Straight ahead.
Football right there, folks.